Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, FPL managers? Welcome to a new video from Fantasy Football Scout. It's game week 11 time, although game week 10 isn't even over yet. So we've still got one more game to play. Everton Wolves tonight. Um, Rob, I think you're all out, mate. So 6-2-1 um, is your total score at the moment. And uh, we'll get onto your team in a minute. But how are you? Um, personally, okay. Fantasy football-wise, a little bit sh- uh, shaken, I would say. Uh, I've already made three transfers uh for a minus what? four but i do have reasons for that three transfers already yeah yeah i used all i had two free transfers and i've taken a hit uh but we'll explain that when we get to transfers and i don't think there's anyone who could have who could guess what i've done like if i told <laughs> you the three players i've got in my side and which ones have gone and who have brought i don't think there's many people that would well i mean what were your transfers out of frustration because it's been a bit of a weird game week hasn't it a lot of um a lot of difficult results to stomach all right yeah okay so i i mentioned last week in the comments that i was like red flag for this game week because my wife is like literally about to burst like the baby is just like any day any minute now so i thought i'd make the transfers now because any moment it could happen And I thought I'd do it whilst I'm in the right mind, right frame of mind, because I didn't want, you know, rush into labor, be completely exhausted and and deal with all the new baby stuff and, 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 you know, oh, I've missed the deadline and everything's messed up. So I thought I'd do it now. I'd have to do it early, uh, right frame of mind. And I think the decisions I've made just would have been the same, would have been better if I'd have just done it if I were sleep deprived. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like if I'd have just like just had been up for like 40 hours straight and then just whipped up my phone on the app tr- looking for Wi-Fi in a hospital or something and just well, being I, like, I, uh, this I transfer, have... go, and go to sleep. And you, if you look at my transfers, this is what you'll think has happened. I have seen your transfers and that is genuinely what I thought has happened. But I, I reckon you can multitask, you know, FPL in one hand yeah. changing nappies in the other i yeah. think that's very doable so um 
you know I have said... reasons as to why though we'll, we'll, yeah we'll talk about that later <laughs> uh, yeah brilliant I, I just, stuff I, I go for it it's all or nothing well i mean congratulations on the baby by the way i mean it hasn't happened almost, yet but almost almost, yeah, any, almost. And, yeah. um but yes you're going to take a break from these sorts of videos in the next few weeks very understandably so i just want to thank you for being on um so far this season it's been great having you but we'll get you back on as soon as the baby stuff gets a little bit quieter um if that's even possible but let's move on and talk about uh how you got on in game week 10 um we've got 43 points and i i've sort of nicely included the auto sub points here uh because livermento's coming in for mason mount so talk us through it <laughs> um i had so if you don't put Livermento in my team, I have more points on my bench or the same amount of points on my bench as my entire 11. Oh, no. So, Gallagher, you know what? 13 I points, right? I regret nothing. I honestly don't... 99 times out of 100, it just wouldn't have happened that way. So I know... Um, I think you mentioned it as well on, on um, Saturday, the deadline stream. And... And, he, and FPL General said something like, stick with your goalkeeper no matter what. Don't go for Foster. Stick with your set and forget. And it looks right in hindsight, but I still massively disagree with that because Foster was at home to Southampton. Guaita was going to Manchester City. Yeah. Defending champions. One of the best attacking teams in the Premier League statistically. And, you know, just we know what Manchester City are. Tell me you don't bench Gallagher against Manchester City. No, I think I, tell I think me you, you don't bench Guaita against Manchester City. I think you made the right moves, mate, to be honest. I think yeah. it was just as I said, it's a week for weird results. I mean, no one in their right mind would have predicted Palace to beat City. Two um Gallagher think, goal and assist. Exactly. I mean, when you look at you know, Southampton beat Watford 1-0, and it was a Shea Adams basically wonder goal, wasn't it? Lovely and goal. Yeah. Lo- lovely goal, but low XG. And, um, you know, I think a lot of people would have made the decision to play Foster because Southampton are massively underperforming side in terms of going forwards. They're solid at the back, of course. Um, but and that's exactly how the game went. Uh, Adam Armstrong had millions of shots, but they're all over the bar, you know, miles off target, etc., etc. That's what you expect from that Southampton side. And it was only a wonder goal from Shea Adams that beat Foster. So I think... Yeah. That move, you know, that decision to play Foster was absolutely fine. It's just absolutely typical that, you know, Ramsdale owners such as myself and Guaita owners or whoever got punished in that way. You know, it is what it is. And, um, and Livermento was my first sub because, again, Gallagher away to Manchester City. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about Gallagher later because it's all it all boils down to Milojovic for Palace and if he plays <laughs> not. But murdered any... that name. Murdered it. <laughs> I thought that was right, Milivojevic. <laughs> um, kind of. How do you say it? Milivojevic. Oh, sorry, I didn't do Milivojevic. I still didn't say it right. Let's just call him Milo. It Milo, all matters yeah. whether or not he plays. But any player like that in the midfield three, away to Man City, obviously I'm gutted to not get 13 points, but I'm honestly not kicking myself that much about it because I look at my starting 11 and... Before the game week, who would you have put in this starting eleven? Gallagher over? No, I mean exactly. As I said, I think you made the right moves. I think a lot of people yeah. were. This is why the title of this video is, you know, benching blunders because I think there's a lot of people who have loads of points on their bench, and that's completely understandable. Yeah. But I think the bottom line is, for all of us, 
if you made the right decision on paper to begin with, you can't really beat yourself up, um, whatever yeah. the result is. Which always, is fine. I always say the same thing. Like, I think I, I still think I made the right call. D- double, double city at home defense to Crystal Palace. Uh, bench the the city ones, and I also double down on things like that. If I play an attacking player against my defense, my defenders, it feels as though I'm kind of halving my odds. I just double down on it, so I went for the city defense over the the palace attack. Um, I mean, double double Man City defender owners have been unlucky recently, haven't they? Oh, but... since we've wildcarded them in game week seven or game week eight, they've done nothing. They've yeah. just come. I think I think it's something I saw. I can't remember the top of my head, but it's something like. Cancelo and Diaz combined in the last few game weeks, it was like 50 points for the first half of the season and like 10 points in the last in the second half. Whereas James and Chilwell have just and Chelsea defense has just absolutely blown them out of the water. It's definitely talk about um James and Chilwell double ups. There's a lot of credence in that move potentially. Um but yes, uh, it's just been unlucky. I think Man City have been just leaking that goal every single game, which is just uh, it is what it is. It, it is a pain, but you have to deal with it. Uh, what, what's your fan? Do you want to keep the double man city defense going forwards, or is it? Uh, are you going to look to move away from it? Now, I had thought about it, but my original plan for, for anyone who's watched me with you for this season has always been to put money into my defense. So having like double city, Liverpool, and Chelsea, something that I've pushed since like the start of the season. Um, and it just unlucky, I think, with the likes of Diaz's. I, I went for the safer bet of like the centre backs because I had Rudiger as well. So I went for the more safety rather than the Reese James or the Ben Chilwell. Because I mean, you you look into it as well. Like James and Chilwell haven't been around all season, right? Alonso started the season, and Aspilicueta was a wing back for the first half. Whereas Diaz and Rudiger and Cancelo have been your season-long players. So I went with that kind of stability at the back. Because I even said, if I just had a solid back four, I can spend all my time and energy focusing above, you know, my midfielders and my strikers to change those around. And it just so happens that Man City have not been able to, to, to keep a clean sheet in the last few game weeks. Just poor concentration or sloppiness or... A lack of an edge. Yeah. To say, I think, because I mean, they drew, even when you go back to game week five, when they drew at home Southampton, nil nil. And Diaz and Cancelo obviously got points for that. But yeah, I think it's one of those that they've got United next. That if you're going to move, people might think it's sideways, but if you've got nothing else to do, I, I wait for the Champions League games. But I don't know why you wouldn't go from. Diaz to James or Diaz to Chilwell or can you, like one of the two if you've got two City. It seems because like I a sensible move, doesn't from it? game week 14, it's easier for Man City. But again, Chelsea are so good defensively. Like even though they, they weren't in that bottom corner where, where City were on your defensive charts uh, that you've shown in the past, it was just clear that Chelsea are just so solid against any team even though that the city have got a good defensive on paper run from like game week 14 to game week 18, 19, 20, I still think the attacking explosiveness of those Chelsea fullbacks outweighs that. And completely and agree. Yeah. 0.3 million. I think it's Chelsea's structure, isn't it? They play five at the back, uh, a city only play four. So when mm. they get counterattacked, 
City have got sorry, uh, Chelsea have got that extra man to cover, and yeah. it does also mean that their fullbacks, Chelsea's fullbacks, are more attacking, and they almost play as strikers during. Yeah, the, they're the wingers. They're they're the wing yeah. play. Yeah, whereas exactly. for, for City, then they're not because you've got like Grealish on the side or Sterling on the side or Cancelo's been a really frustrating own, hasn't he? Because I mean, he does this every it's season. Yeah, yeah. He, he comes up with the great stats. XGI is always good for defenders, etc. But it's always shots. It's always speculative efforts. There will be a game where he gets a double, maybe even twenty plus point haul, but. You just can't predict it, and he's frustrating own, uh, especially when City are leaking goals. So uh, it's one of those things like you have to keep him if you've got other fires to fight. But I, I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be adverse to swapping him to the likes of Chilwell or James if you don't own one of them. Um, uh, so with that in mind, let's let's move over to talk about uh, how I got on. I'm on 56 points at the moment with Jimenez to play. Uh, I've got the same lucky auto-sub coming in with uh, Mason Mount ill for, for the game. So uh, Livermento comes in for six points extra. Uh, nice green arrow again, uh, heading in the right direction. Hopefully Jimenez can add to that. But uh, fell foul, exactly the same as you, Rob. Uh, benched Ramsdale for his 10-point haul, which is absolutely typical. But as we said, I can't beat myself up because I think Foster was probably on paper the right decision. Leicester could have easily scored in that game. Uh, it's just I, I did match of the day challenge on um, on Saturday and uh, just completely I managed to uh, stay away from all of the results and I watched it and obviously I was absolutely ecstatic with that Reese James haul. I couldn't believe oh. it, but. Yeah. Oh, you, you know when match of the day, they, they come up with a narrative and you can sort of guess what's going to happen oh, even yeah. before it does. Every time, every and time. Loads of focus was, was on Ramsdale in that game and I was going, oh no, he's going to have an absolute blinder. He's going to do a howler or, yeah. Oh, he's, oh well, he would, I mean, I would be happy if he did a howler because he's obviously benched, but yeah. I was going, no. And soon at the end of that game, I was like, please, Backman, can you play for Watford instead of Foster so I can get him an auto something? Yeah. Anyway, um, terrible, terrible 10 points bench, uh, but it's not as bad as some, some other people. Um, and obviously I'm getting lucky with the Livermento six points on. My transfers, my transfer decisions, other than Reese James, which I did last week, um, which was a great transfer, of course. But previously, I brought in what De Bruyne, who's been terrible. I mean, there's yeah. some serious doubts about his his fitness, and I uh, got hauled off even before the 60th minute. I think it was at the weekend, and I think I saw an article. I think you might have tagged me in it, actually, Rob, saying I did, that, yeah. um, saying that yeah, he might miss the Man United derby just because. The the positions are very competitive. He's struggling maintaining that that, that fitness, and um, you know I, I'm very worried. Having 11.9 million invested in him, I think there's better premium options. But in this video, we are going to go through quite a lot of the attacking options, split into three sections. We're going to look at midfielders under nine million. We're going to look at forwards under nine million, and we're going to look at premium options altogether. Do a deep dive stats for you just to just to see who are the best players to own. And it definitely is um, applicable to my team because I want to get rid of De Bruyne as soon as possible, uh, barring any other fires to fight. So it's what it is. Hopefully Jimenez can do the bits for me um, later on. What do you make of my team, Rob? Um, not fishing for compliments or anything, but is there any holes, uh, sorry, any um, holes that you think that need to be fixed? No, um, you've already said it. Uh, De Bruyne and I'd be looking at Rafinha and Antonio. Um but De Bruyne is spot on. I mean, you've brought him in and he's got you two points in two games, which obviously, and for that much money, 
Yeah. I mean, he can turn it on a dime, you know what I mean? In a split second, he's going to do a 50-yard wonder ball straight through to someone or strike it from 40 yards back of the net, top bins. That's what he can do. But you can't be waiting for that to happen. You need to see something to, to sort of spark you up for that. But just want to point out, like, last week I was with you, me and, me and you both very happy with Mount. To, and we both looked and we thought, wow, Salah, Captain, and Mount saved our game week, gave us a green arrow. And I'm just looking at the team and I'm just thinking, it, for you, it's, it's James. You know, I didn't have like a, a, a hero for me. Like you, if you, you take out that 21-pointer and it's, it's you. I mean, you can't play the ifs game. You've got him and you, you've rightly taken his 21 points. I just think people are maybe going to back too much on, on James and Chilwell thinking he's going to do that every week. But I it's, mean, that's a monster haul. 21 points is ridiculous. Oh. Unbelievable! Crazy that, like I think. But you have nailed it. Like it was one of those game weeks where if you didn't have three players that absolutely destroyed it, then it was a really average game week for you, and that's just complete luck. I mean, James Ronaldo and who else was it? Probably Ramsdale if you played him. I mean, Rafinha obviously did well. I mean, Salah captain wasn't exactly, um, you know, mind blowing with five points. So. Yeah, the, um, the average the average this week I think is is thirty seven, but you, you look at the current top scorers and he's the only one in twenty. But I mean, you've got two the, the current kings of the game weeks. You've got Ramsdale, Gabriel with fifteen, James with twenty one, Lowton with fourteen. Oh, you're not going to like I'm going to say this. Uh, Omar Bomber Daily, <laughs> uh, the Norwich defender for, for ten points. Rice thirty. He scored at the weekend. Omar Bomber Daily. Good header. But these are players that we don't have, right? Yeah. Henderson, Jorginho, Rice. It was a it's, a, it's been a tough game week, and you're right. If you didn't have one or two players that that got, I mean, in my entire team, I've got one clean sheet, one goal, and one assist. My front line was two, two, two. Antonio, Kane, and Tony. Yeah, absolute nightmare. Is it me or is Mason Mount like the most high maintenance player to own? Even like oh. just turns up for a twenty point haul, just you know, oh, I'm, have have the sniffles. That, that, that'll do me. That'll do me for a oh, few weeks. Just, I, I've owned him for most of the season. He's either be injured, subbed on for zero points, or thirty point haul or whatever. It's so annoying. Anyway, I'm going to keep him anyway. I think for the for the short term, but. Yeah, it's annoying. <laughs> uh, well, so we're talking about Mason Mount. Let's let's use that as a segue to move on to um, midfielders under nine million. We're going to do a deep prize, uh, a deep dive on those those guys. So we've got some uh, stats on the screen. This is going to be the consistent chart we use um, for the rest of the video, just to make sure that everything is easily comparable. But we've got shots up the top, chances created towards the right, so creative players towards the right, threatening players towards the top. Uh, and this is just midfielders under 9 million. We've got Rafinha up there, uh, top top right, which is where you want to see him. Very, very good for, for quantity. Good at, you know, being involved in the game. Lots of chances created, lots of shots. But not so good at the clear-cut opportunities, uh, which is probably to be expected when you watch the game. He tends to shoot from pretty far out. Um, you can see those, the big chances and the big chances created are the numbers inside the bubbles. And you want those to be as big as possible because that shows that he's got a good proportion of uh, easy efforts. Um, I don't think that's a massive issue for Rafinha because he's technically very strong and he can finish a, a long range effort, as we saw at the weekend. I mean, it wasn't really long range, it was in the box, but he had plenty of defenders to get through. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, this this is going to be what we're going to focus on. We're going to have a look at their fixtures. We're going to create a short list and, and have a look at the fixtures in a minute for certain players. But uh, a few players stand out on here, Rob. And I know you wanted to talk about Jared Bowen, who's who's he's decent, a decent 3.5 shots per game, 1.7 chances created per game. That's very decent and decent for uh, the big chances, 0.7 big chance per game. Um, so what do you think about Bowen? It's annoying that West Ham have some some tough fixtures ahead, right? Yeah, just, you know, when we when we look at the stats and and I tend to to adjust mine to look at it. Funnily enough, you've done the same. You, this is from the last six game weeks. Um, and that's what I've been looking at as well because now we're going into game week 11. It takes a few game weeks to sort of settle down, in my opinion. And I want to look at recent form. So I usually look at the last six game weeks as well. And just, I keep when I'm looking at stats and looking at certain things, and I'll ask you about specific stats later on. Um, and he just kept popping up. Like he's someone I've had in the past before 6.3 million. I agree. You, you're probably not looking to specifically bring him in with Liverpool next and then city in game week 13. But I, I was just genuinely impressed. So game week 10 is, so he's got 11 points, three points, six, seven, five, five. It's just, he's just on a good run. And when you look at his expected goal involvement over the last six game weeks, he's third in the premier league. So Salah is in space. Um, <laughs> uh, Antonio is 3.68 and then Bowen is there in 3.62. So he's actually just behind um Antonio and you know I like to to play sometimes the money game and think okay he's going to give me value for the same team which will come onto my transfers later same team but I'm saving quite a substantial amount of money that if people are not necessarily looking into Antonio Antonio then Bowen I think has has been doing really well he's also second for shots in the box again Salah is first Bowen is joint second with Cristiano Ronaldo and then Antonio is after them. So when you're looking just purely at stats, shots on target as well, Bowen is joint second. Again, behind Salah. Crazy Let's stuff. just assume Salah is top of every single <laughs> attacking chart, right? Yeah, exactly. Bowen, for expected goal involvement, shots inside the box, shots on target, is second or third. Very so decent. Just, yeah, I mean, just... regardless though, I mean... It's nice that he's doing well. It just comes at the wrong time. If he had really decent fixtures, I think yeah. even people would be turning their nose up at him just because he doesn't have that importance in FPL size that we don't go, oh, we need to bring Jared Bowen in now. He could mm. be a punt, even if he had good fixtures. But the fact he's got bad fixtures, I'm not sure people will be flocking to him. But maybe yeah. as a, like, a really differential, who's in good form, maybe worth taking the risk. I don't know. Um, well, just... 1.4% owned. And people are saying, you know, so, so West Ham's got a pretty difficult run of fixtures to like game week 15 now. And people are considering, should I hold Antonio just for the rough and just take, you know, go with it? But if people were looking to say, keep Antonio and double up on West Ham again in the future, or if you sat there with Ben Rahm and you still believe West Ham are a, a great team to back, I wouldn't necessarily back against a, a, a Bowen move just because he's popping up everywhere. He looks lively and he's played 90 minutes every game since game week five. Uh, lively is definitely a key word we have to think focus on here because 
But even he's though... the returns, he's not just lively. He is exactly. Yeah, but I was going to use that as a segue to talk about players who aren't necessarily getting the returns, like a Mr. Harvey Barnes, who's just above him. In oh. um, Yeah, I mean, he's been a horrible, frustrating own this season. I think we've both owned him at the start of the season. Uh, hasn't really performed in terms of the conversion. Um, but I think he, he's only recently back from injury, isn't he? And he's been playing on and off. And um, I mean, this is a per appearance stats, so maybe it's a little bit misleading. We have to think about how much he's converted as well. And the likes of Ben Rama hasn't has been falling down uh, the goal scoring ranks as well. We've got Tielemans, who's um, on the right there. And that's quite impressive, obviously. His 0.7 big chances created per appearance is, is very good. And he's been scoring some long-range efforts. Clearly a decent strike with the ball. But again, not really someone that we're going to focus on bringing in. Um, there's there's more appealing assets on paper like um, Smith-Rowe and, and Buemo or Gallagher, your own man. Um, so I'm just not sure these stats really convince us to go for those sorts of players over and above the people that we perceive to be uh, great options. And we've got Trossard there as well. I mean, scored at the weekend against Liverpool, which is great. It was a great goal. But you can see those numbers in the middle. Zero for big chances. Zero for big chances created. You don't want a player that has zero uh, <laughs> amount of easy efforts. I know Rafinha's is of, of that ilk, but we know that Rafinha is a superior striker of the ball. I know, I'm not saying that Trossard isn't, but maybe... Leeds put more em- emphasis on on Rafinha getting forward, and maybe he just he's he scored more goals this season than Trossard. So uh, Trossard just doesn't seem like a, a glamorous pick to me. And um, so this is why we're going to do we're going to con- condense all of these players into a short list, and um, we'll touch on some of the people we've missed out as well. But I mean, just focusing on Jota, Foden, and Mount there, that little trio, it's just it strikes me as a bit odd that they're not a bit further up. But then again. They do tend to get rotated here and there. I know Foden's played a, a series of games, which is obviously great, and that's why a lot of people are flocking to him. We'll compare their XGI in a minute. Um, but yeah, it, there's, there's always downsides. And I know Rafinha's a cheaper option, but it's, he's much more busy than those those three guys, which is quite surprising, I think. Um, and Burmo's got his good fixtures coming up. And Gallagher, uh, we know what his talent is. But the problem with Gallagher is that his XGI is pretty low. So he's scoring some really mm. decent goals and we just wonder whether that's sustainable or not i'm not sure all He's... because of milahoyevich <laughs> oh my god goodness me oh one player we haven't talked about is cornet at burnley and i know you wanted to talk about him rob and he, he's definitely lively let's just say that and he's been scoring what do you think about him could he be a punt just for corner just i just wanted to quickly touch just because we didn't jump too far ahead when you talked about barnes and t elements sure sure just 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 for Barnes, like he's dropped now. He came on at half time, but he's not really featured since game week seven. Trust me, I know because I had him for like those seven, those seven very painful game weeks. Um, but in terms of Tielemans, I, I actually want to ask your opinion about what do you I, I personally you do look for some assists from uh, a midfielder, but I do want goals from a midfielder because that gets you more points. Now, Tielemans is second for chances created and he's first for big chances created. Even if you take his wonder goals out, he is, uh, he's also top for expected assists. So right now he's kind of like leading the charts in terms of, and you can see on your, your, your graph here, he's on the far right. So he is, creating these great chances for, for his team. Um, his, his price is pretty good. The fixtures aren't great yet. They've got Leeds, which I think is a, 
as a, as a good fixture, uh, depending which Leicester turn up. Then they've got Chelsea. But after that, Watford, Southampton, Villa, Newcastle. Is Tielemans not someone you'd look... He's 6.5 million. He's 8.2% owned. Is he not someone you'd look at purely because you don't think he's got that goal potential, even though he's got that fantastic assist potential? Let's say they go nuts. They play Vardy, Iniacho, Daka up front. You know, he's got these three lads he can ping the ball to. Would his... I know he scored two goals in game week eight and game week nine, one goal each. Would you not have him because he doesn't have that goal threat as well? Is that something you look for in a midfielder? It's something I I personally do, but I was wondering if you... It's a really interesting question, isn't it? Because I, I think that's something that we think about subconsciously when we when we put these players like Tielemans out of our mind, out of contention for our FPL teams. Because I think there's an element of psychology that if you have a player that has... Uh, is in control of his own fate, i.e. it's just up to him to shoot and for him to score. That's the FPL return. Whereas if you've got an assister or a potential assister, he needs to feed that ball well into another player in his team and rely on him to score a goal. Mm. It's like yeah. that an additional layer to get get FPL points. Yep. And that there's a lot of people that fall foul. It's like Mason Mount last season um, was great for chances created, but Chelsea really struggled with conversion, which means that he did all this great stuff, but he never got yeah. FPL points. So mm-hmm. obviously I'm not saying that Tielemans is like that and maybe Vardy and Madison or whoever uh, maybe are a little bit more reliable in the conversion aspect. But I wonder maybe that's just the, the psychology of us as FPL managers, whether we deviate away from those sorts of players because of that lack of trust in that double layer of um of barriers of getting in that fpl returns i don't know what do you think about that sort of um psychology because that's for me when i look at a midfielder like we get the wingers but we get the forward wingers like you most salas right They're, they're they're not really midfielders they are like the attackers of their team right um so but you yuri elements is is a a, a center midfielder like he is a guy who is further back who is trying to get assists so just for me we get the likes of of Salah and Son because they're the guys who are basically up front so yeah f- for me I think that's it do, we do discount players like Tielemans because I know he scored like I said I know he scored two goals yeah long range effort so and that's crazy beautiful world-class strikes but you can't rely on that like he's making all these chances for for his team but yeah i think for me if i'm getting a midfielder i look at one who unless the price is like gallagher's 5.6 right uh, but he is be he has been getting those returns but yeah i just i was curious if if you didn't go for players even though they're so good in terms of an assist which is what you'd like from a midfielder um, if you would count them out because they don't particularly have that that forward positioning or attacking threat. I think it's better, obviously, if they have both that threat and that creativity. Obviously, mm-hmm. that's double uh, double damage. So that's obviously double string to the bow. I, I just, I, I can't get my head around picking Tielemans for my team. It's just that, yeah. that barrier. To, I can't get over it. Um, so he's not on our shortlist, uh, surprisingly. Oh. We will we'll move to that now. Um, we've got fixtures alongside. So we've got Mason Mount at the top there with uh, 1.21 XGI per 90, which is massively skewed by that Norwich game, by the way, because his minutes have been pretty uh, sparse. Uh, let's just say that in the other games. This is just midfielders under 9 million, as it says. 
Uh, then we've got Diego Jota at 0.8, and that's seriously good. Again, he plays 30 minutes here and there, um, doesn't start every game. So those XGI per 90 is definitely going to be inflated as well. Uh, we've got Jared Bowen next at 0.59. Phil Foden at 0.56, which is surprising it's not higher from uh, from my perspective. Uh, Brian and Buomo, 0.56, and Rafinha at 0.51. Just wanted to touch on the players that aren't on this list in terms of uh, Smith Rowe, who we quite like, is 0.26 XGI, but he's like a lively player that you assume that his stats are going to be better. Uh, perfectly capable of getting like a double digit haul in any game, but the stats don't necessarily represent that. And Gallagher is even worse, 0.16 per 90 which is crazy and but his our perception of him he's brilliant so yeah. uh, i don't i don't know what to think about it but we've got six players here which um just, just yeah just just before you get that just about smith Rowe. he was one of the biggest overperformers again this week he had one shot 0.08 xg if you look at his touch map it's not attacking really in the slightest um, his last four game weeks, his XGI is 0.81 and he's, he's over. So you always, you're the guy that likes to look at the overperformers and the underperformers, uh, as teams and players. And I think it says he's, he's overperforming by 2.1 Delta. So it's one of them where it's kind of eye test versus the stats. Again, I'm just not pulled in by Arsenal assets. I, I, I could have, I had a choice between Gallagher and Smith Rowe, but I've been in the same situation because I would have benched Smith Rowe and I would have benched Gallagher and getting similar points because that was my decision on a wild card. I compared, they were my last piece of the puzzle and they're both pretty much getting similar kind of points. But for me, I'm just still not, I'm just still not sold by Arsenal. I think again, it came to that, that Leicester, I've said they've been poor for pretty much all the season. And there was, did you if if you saw that Leicester or you were doing the match of the day challenge, but Leicester were fast asleep. They were so bad. They were genuinely probably arguably the worst I've seen them play this season, and they've been bad this season. So again, just it made Arsenal look good, did it? They did, they did. And I'm not. Even, it feels like sometimes I'm anti-Arsenal. I'm not. I've got no ill feelings toward Arsenal whatsoever. I just. The stats aren't really there for me. Yeah, he's picking up some points. I'm just, I'm just not sold on. Arsenal well, are an interesting club, aren't they? Because I, I think we, we could use that same reasoning to say, why don't we go Aubameyang over some other premium options? And maybe we can say that, use that argument to say, well, maybe go Gallagher ahead of Smith Rowe or uh, Burma instead of Smith Rowe or whoever, because maybe that Arsenal attacking performances aren't as consistent as other as other teams and i think that's probably a fair comment um because they're going to be a little bit more erratic maybe one game they're going to be great and score three or four goals another game they could be subpar and and lose one nil um which is why saka and smith might be uh difficult options to own i owned saka a few a few game weeks ago for a four week game game week period and that was pretty average, I'd have to say. You could get away with owning Smith Rowe because of the price, I think. You could use him yeah. as a fourth or fifth mid. Um, but I, if I was going to choose Gallagher over... I was, I would choose Gallagher over Smith Rowe right now. I think um, eye really? test... Yeah, I don't know I, why I thought you'd be the opposite. No, eye test is definitely more encouraging. Uh, Palace are on the up and Gallagher's the centre of everything. Loves to bomb forward. And... Um, I mean, Palace, they, they've got loads of players coming back. They've got this Elise guy, Eze's... Um, 
you know, on the verge of coming back into the game. They even rotate Benteke, who's been pretty pretty decent. With Edwards coming in, it's a really fun side to be to be playing in. And Gallagher's going to get a lot of a uh, lot of chances, I think. So I always um, forget he's on loan from Chelsea. <laughs> so many Chelsea. Like he's not their player. He's on loan, isn't he? He's actually yeah. a Chelsea player. So Broja, Livermento, Gallagher—all these young Chelsea players yeah. doing well. Incredible stuff. Incredible future for Chelsea. Um, even though it's not exactly an old side that Chelsea currently have. So I don't know what they're going to do with them. But anyway, let's get to our um, our list of six. I I own Mason Mount. I mean, we both own Mason Mount. You've got yeah. Burnley at home next, so I don't think he's going anywhere. I think the illness he currently has is just a short-term thing, apparently non-COVID related. So hopefully he'll be back for Burnley at the weekend. Um, I mean, there was even talk that he might be back midweek for the Champions League match, uh, but I, I imagine that Tuchel just won't won't bother playing him considering he'll be he wouldn't have trained in the last couple of days hopefully that keeps him fresh for Burnley at home I think it's a decent fixture but then it's followed by Leicester and Man United which which you know uh they're hit and miss games at the moment aren't they they could Leicester turns up Man United could turn up and then Watford away so he's I'm not in a rush to get rid of Mason Mount but he's been a frustrating own and I think maybe there seems to be better options out there in the likes of um Foden for me even though he's got a worse xg per 90 I think you know, playing centre forward for for Man City just seems on paper to be a better risk. What do you Again, think? From game week fourteen, when the City fixtures become, I mean, City don't really have that many difficult. Well, they shouldn't have difficult fixtures, but that run from fourteen to twenty is, you know, if you're looking to get rid of Mount, keep him for a couple, and that's maybe the time to think about it. Yeah, I. The problem is, I, uh, the reason why we're focusing on these midfielders, the four, we'll look at forwards under 9 million in a minute and we'll look at premiums in general, is I think we're pretty scarce for other alternatives, which is why I think quite a lot of our teams are merging. We're going to start having mm. the same teams if you're following the template. Mm. Um, so we're just going to look at maybe some some possibilities, some alternatives. Are we missing anyone? I mean, Diogo Jota was an interesting one because he play, he plays here and there. He obviously missed the game at the weekend. Yeah. But when he does play, his XGI is so good. Uh, his XGI per 90, I should say. Um, so, I mean, I, I saw Mark's wildcard team at the weekend when he revealed that. He's got Jota. He's stuck with him. I think he's a, he's an okay own, to be honest, because if you've got a strongish bench that can cover it, why not go Jota? Um we we both haven't owned Jota this season uh and i don't think i will uh it, now if the african cup of nations is still on i'll probably bring him in because it'll be fantastic value at 7.5 million but i just disagree with the notion of spending 7.5 million on a player that is not in their best 11 and you say that like, missing a game now when you're talking about like a center back they're less likely to come on, mm. right? But you give your forwards, if it, it doesn't matter if, if they're losing, they'll throw him on as an extra striker to get a goal. And if they're winning, they'll take off Salah or Firmino or Mane and give him a rest and give Jota a run out, right? So, I mean, he came on for 12 minutes against Brighton to get that extra goal. Like, So I, I disagree with the idea that if he doesn't play, I still think he could, he'll come on. And people say, oh, 20, 30 minutes, that's enough. But I don't think it is. I don't want to spend 7.5 million on a player that plays 12 minutes. Yeah, it's a good point. And I think um, he plays, he probably gets rotated slightly more than maybe the City boys in terms of Foden or whoever. I mean, I think, I think probably Foden plays four and five. And I think Jota plays 
maybe two in three, maybe one in two even. And I think it's um it's a tricky one because I think as we su- as soon as you see Mane getting rotated for Jota, you think here we go, now going to get Jota in because. You know, it could be any one of those front three, maybe barring Salah that comes off. So I think Jot is in there, of course. But I think just my personal opinion, Liverpool play play better with Firmino. Um, And then obviously Mane and Salah. But it's a really interesting one because I I wonder why neither of us has owned Jota. Surely there are better options out there. But I kind of want to own him at the same time because what we're talking about on Saturday with Mark that... Salah's so well-owned, he's going to be captained. Uh, Alexander-Arnold will always be well-owned, even though he's had a little bit of a subdued ownership recently. That will come back up. So you're watching a Liverpool game and you go, well, I feel like I don't really have any skin in the game here. I want like someone else in this game that can add that differential element to it. And I guess that's why Marcus gone Jota. But I mean, there's always an option to go Mane as well. And we'll come, we'll talk about that a bit later because I, I'm trying to, I'm going to look rid of getting rid of De Bruyne, 11.9. So I don't know. There's an option just go sideways to, to Mane. Um, I, I or... just have both. Yeah. Like, cause we've been, we talked about like permanently captain like Salah and spreading the money around to make a good 11. But uh, I tell you, I've not done that <laughs> and, uh, and I probably should have, but just, I just, just, Plain and simple, just don't like that idea. That's absolutely fine. For twelve minutes, for twelve minutes of football. Yeah, that's absolutely fair play. I mean, I mean, I think if people want to take the gamble on him, there's nothing wrong with that. And alternatively, like we are sort of ignoring him, you're not going to get massively punished because you are going to get those benchings. I think. So let's move on from Jota. I think it's just oh, personal yeah, preference. Just about that, I did a quick bit of uh, maths, and I think it was right. So he's played. Um, and you'll have to, to, to double-check that for me. Uh, he's played 602 minutes of football, divided uh, so by 90. That's 6.68 games, I think, he's played in 10. So when you say he plays like two of every three, it's actually like six to 6.5 in 10. Okay, interesting. So it's, again, if it was two in three, I think, I think you're on there. I think that, that's not too bad. But well, I mean that's that's close to two and three. Let's just say that. Yeah, six point six seven is the the point he'd have to get to to be two and three, right? Almost <laughs> two and three sounds better though than six and ten. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> We're not we talking about maths here, though, Rob. 66, Come on, he's only, he's done sixty six games in a hundred. That sounds bad. Don't oh you my think? god! Don't you um, think about? Let's, that, yeah, right? I guess so. Six out of a hundred is two in three, but it still sounds really bad because he's missed forty-four <laughs> games. Let's not get hung over, hung up over um, maths here. Let's uh, move on. Time count to hundred, Ted. Hush. Right. Let's. Talk... <laughs> uh, we're not going to talk about Bowen because we talked about him earlier. He's got Liverpool, Man City in the next three. I'm not sure any people are going to really move for him. Uh, and I think the biggest dilemma is whether to keep or sell Antonio. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, Foden's the interesting one for me and um, we've got Umbermo's there uh, Norwich at home Newcastle away from Umbermo I'm, I'm tempted to bring him in you know because I could, those, are, those are some juicy fixtures for Brentford but then again they did have a subpar um, sort of performance at the weekend and I don't know whether they were missing Umbermo and that they just rejuvenate when he comes back inside but I mean it sort of puts me off like if if they sort of 
morph back into their championship form for the next two fixtures. They sort they, they get a result maybe, but it's not emphatic. And then I'm stuck with two Brentford players. And I'm like, oh, maybe maybe just keeping Tony and just playing him uh, for these two is, is probably enough. I don't know. I haven't made my mind up on that yet. But uh, back to Foden, I, I, think he's great. I think he's a great option. I, I really do. And I kind of resent not owning him because he should have got a return at the weekend. I know it was offside, marginally offside, but I think Foden owners probably count themselves a bit unlucky, right, Rob? I'll just touch on Brentford. I did actually mention, was it last week or the game before, about now Brentford have got good fixtures. Like, it seems like when they're the the underdogs in a the game, they do really well. But when they're supposed to be the favourites and they've got to take the game by the scruff of the neck, it, it maybe they'll be found a little bit wanting. And I've, I've got, I would, I just, I said that I wouldn't double up on them. I've got Tony. And I think um, I even said that like, I think Umbomo is the better option if I had to choose one or two, if he's fit, because he's cheaper and he's a midfielder who plays the most attacking. But I've got some more binary, more uh, binary code for you. Do you remember binary code? Yeah, binary remember... code. Oh my it's been God. a long day. Do you, remember I, do you remember when I read out all the stats about the Chelsea centre forward position? Oh, no. The same gentleman, the same gentleman, Andrew Garrow posted uh, Tony's goals from open play. Oh, I see. I think I did see this. Yeah. All right. I'll just say it, it's 12 goals in 38. It's but not bad. there's a whole, yeah, but calendar year. That's calendar year, right? This is, this is so open it, play, right? Open play across all competitions, calendar year. So remember, the first half of the year was in the championship. Yeah, so when it's zero 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 two one two one zero one one, that's before. So when you look at the the back end of the championship season and this Premier League season, it's 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 not good. Yeah, I can understand that. I mean, obviously he's on penalties, which bolsters those numbers as well, and he's obviously an excellent penalty taker, a penalty taker. Mm-hmm. But I mean, those when when we're talking about the season as a whole, that's thirty eight games. I wouldn't be surprised if he scores twelve. Uh, goals in total over this 38 game season and the fixtures the easier fixtures such as Norwich and Newcastle are going to be those opportunities where he bolsters his goal scoring numbers it's just you know he's been very very creative and he's been feeding in Burmo but there's no reason why he get can't get on the score sheet as well he's had a number of disallowed goals in the last couple of games uh, he's a great striker of the ball he's been adapting his game well I think Tony's a great option. I think he's probably a better option than Mbomo if you're going to have to pick one, in my opinion. Um, especially Mbomo's probably missed a game, uh, sorry, a week of, of training potentially um, and might not be as match fit as Tony. But I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if doubling up on Brentford players wouldn't be the worst uh, thing to do anyway. It's just that aftermath. Do I really want another Brentford player to get rid of? Um you just want him for these two games. That's it. That's all. That's all I've wanted Tony for. Like yeah. he's done basically nothing. He's done. He's done nothing since an assist in game week six in that Liverpool thriller. Yeah. Just twos across the board. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Why do I want two players that do nothing? <laughs> it's a little harsh, but I mean, these are the two best fixtures of the year, I'd say. So. That, so that's why I've got. I'll. I'll, I'll just have half of the risk on that one I think. okay I think well, that's one, fair enough I, I wouldn't begrudge anyone who wants to double up on on brentford for no, these two fixtures de- no definitely not let's talk about foden because i did briefly touch on him yeah. um 
what, what what's your opinion on on him is um is he a priority transfer for anyone like objectively no no <laughs> no not for me um i because but this is different remember we talked about this last week for 8.2 million now he has played 90 minutes in the last four games which is great if you can, like, I've been so surprised that Cancelo, apart from uh, coming off of the 77 minutes this week against Palace, Cancelo has played every minute of football, the more, the most of all of the players, because even Edison went off to, to Brazil, right? So the fact that Foden is getting these 90 minutes would definitely encourage me, but I still feel as though at any moment he could just be dropped for, for five games. And I've, and I've said... I've said a bunch of times before, if you're the kind of guy uh, or, or girl who can deal with an 8.2 million player getting benched or coming on for 18 minutes or something like that, then I think he's, an, he's, a, he's a great option. If you've got the squad structure and the patience and the, the calmness to deal with that. But if, you know, if it's just a situation where it's going to tear your hair out, like, because he's he's not played the last three games and in, you know, he's, let's say he plays Champions League, he doesn't play the weekend, he plays the cup after that and you're getting angry, frustrated. He's not for you. But yeah, that's, if that's he play, I, I But I said to the same thing, because, do you remember, didn't you do the poll? Was well, <laughs> it the poll that you started last week? Uh, who will get more points, Antonio or Foden? in the yeah. next five and i got absolutely slaughtered on the polls well it's two points a piece at the minute with uh <laughs> four games to go um long way to go though i think um it is a long way. He's, he's great if you can deal with a bit i even said if, if you can promise me he plays uh two in three which uh, i believe is 66 points <laughs> 66.67 <laughs> oh great shout great shout Rob. Uh, uh two in three uh, or 66 in 100 games, then I'd probably get him. Yeah, I, I'm i personally... No that. I'm personally... It, it really depends. If I go sideways move to Mane, then it sort of blocks me. But any other move, I'll be gearing up to get Foden in, um, especially from game week 14, potentially, because the fixtures start getting good. But, I mean, the the competition for that centre-forward spot, and he's proving that he's he can keep up with the uh, the energy required, the fitness required to play in that role, 90 minutes every single game. I think he will get rested in, in the Champions League slash cup games here and there. So I think he'll be a Premier League player uh, for most of the time, which sort of makes me pretty excited to own him. I think he's a better option than De Bruyne. Let's just say that. I mean, I own De Bruyne. Oh, I yeah. don't want him yeah, anymore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, okay, yeah. I agree with this one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> At I think the minute. I think phone's a good option but yeah let's finish off talk about these midfielders under nine million with Rafinha he's at the bottom here Leicester at home next Tottenham away Brighton away Crystal Palace at home it's not a bad set of fixtures I think if you if you own Rafinha you should not be in a rush to get rid of him he's a he's a great talent and um if he can stay fit then um I mean that this subpar lead side without Bamford without Ailing, I don't think is too much of a disadvantage just to keep owning him you might have a different opinion Rob yeah I and the opposite, yeah. Um, now, people have been suggesting um, about Leicester being weak down their left side, like the weakest for chances um, conceded. Um, and obviously, that's where um, Rafinha plays on the right because he cuts in, right? 
Um, but that's not enough for me to 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 warrant him in my starting eleven, for example, because Leicester, Spurs, Brighton shouldn't be easy games for for Leeds. And for me, Rafinha is a fantastic player, but he has to pass the ball. Like he scored, people are like what a ball from Dan James for the assist. But it's like, yeah, all right. Dan James passed it to him and then they had to skin four players and slot it, go around the goalkeeper and slot it in. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And again, you look at the goals that Rafinha scored. He's scoring it from range. He's scoring it from the near the, like, do you remember the Newcastle goal where he, he whipped it all the way around? Oh, yeah. And I called it stun-esque, right? When he whipped yeah, yeah, it yeah. all the way around, it went in. We're relying on his individual brilliance, which is fine for 6.6 million. And 18.2% ownership is also attractive. It's not mega owned. You don't have him, you have him. It's it's not too punishing and it's quite rewarding if he gets it for you. But I mean, they've just got out of the relegation zone. He has to rely on, he has to pass the ball to other people or do something incredible. Plus, isn't he going to have another international break with Brazil? Yeah, Coming up, that could possibly miss another game. So yeah, just... I think with the the fixtures coming up, Leicester Spurs Brighton aren't the best, and I just I just don't trust Leeds. I don't trust Leeds as a team, and I can't keep relying on him. He's got no double digit holes. Granted, he got nine points, but he's still not got double digit holes, which you don't expect necessarily for six point six million. And he is such a wonderful player that if Bamford's back and we start to see that kind of link up again, then yeah, that that's great. But again, I, I keep coming back to it. I keep relying on this individual moment of magic from him, and I can't rely on that to be what he gets for me all the time. That's like we were talking about Tielemans yeah. earlier about his world-class goals, right? Like I can't rely on Tielemans to, to score a 30-yard screamer, and I can't rely on Rafinha to, to skin four players and slot it in. And again, it, I don't... I'm not trying to be harsh, but it was Norwich. Yeah, can it he, was can Norwich. He, can he go on? Can he go and skin all those players? And he, and he's pretty injury prone, if I'm honest. He gets kicked a lot because he's a, a flair player. But you know, he's got international duty. Gets injury. Gets little like niggles here and there in his legs or his hamstrings or his knees or whatever. Um, the international thing. Value, I just don't. Yeah, that's completely fair enough. The international thing, I've sort of forgotten about it, and it was frustrating that I've owned him since the start of the season to have to put up with the international stuff. But yeah, there's a good chance that he misses that Tottenham game after uh, game week 11. Uh, that's something that maybe would sway me to sell. But I mean, I, I, I think I slightly disagree with the comparing him to Tielemans because Tielemans doesn't play as advanced. I think when you're talking about those winger positions, he tends to play in that sort of winger position and cut inside. He's always yeah. going to play advanced. He's going to play way more advanced than Tielemans. So that's the slight difference, I'd say. Uh, and Leeds' reliance on Rafinha scoring is going to be huge. And that that bearing um, is, is is enough to make him an attractive own. I know what you're saying is Leeds, uh, yeah, they're going to struggle a little bit more than usual, playing maybe tougher opposition. But I don't think Leicester or Spurs are, I mean, that consistent to maybe warrant that they're going to walk over Leeds. Um so I'm sort of happy to own, but this the international stuff does sort of put put me off a little bit. Uh, I have to think about that. His but... stats as well, like XG non penalties, one point zero one, and he's well down on the list. So, Is this uh, over yeah. what period? 
six game weeks last six game weeks i mean that's what that's what we said when we looked at the chart earlier we saw a huge yeah. number of shots and chances created but a really low number of big chances and big chances created and that's that's it subdues the xg and that's what we look at we, we look at the volume of chances and volume of shots that he's having which is amazing he's, he's the best out of this this price bracket but it's the XG that you, you have to compromise on. And his ability to overperform on that XG is definitely there. So I don't think we should worry too much about it. I definitely see where you're coming from, though. Uh, so mm. I think we've dwelled too much on midfielders under 9 million. Let's move on to forwards under 9 million. And um, this sort of surprised me. Back to the chart, by the way. Um, we've got Antonio there, top right. And I thought his stats were sliding. But clearly, compared to his peers... He's still far and away the best forward under 9 million out there. And I think this is what I was... I I put something on Twitter yesterday saying, are we tired of owning Antonio with his sort of hazy subpar performances? He's sort of been lost in the game, popping up on the channels out of frustration. Um, He didn't get a single return and four goals yesterday. I, I was really, really frustrated by that. But seemingly, his stats are still fairly decent and the consensus was that i mean it's not a priority transfer out um who else is there to bring in and it's a good point who Mm. else is there in this forward line to bring in and um who would be a better option than antonio in this difficult run of fixtures so we've got this um this chart to compare maybe some of the viable alternatives um, I mean, I own Antonio, I've got Tony, I've got Jimenez, who seem to be fairly decent for the big chances. Jimenez is slightly worse for number of shots per appearance. He seems to be slightly on the more creative side, which is fair enough, considering he's been assisting Huang uh, a few times in recent weeks. Uh, Huang himself is at the bottom left of this chart, uh, but he's still seemingly good for the big chances. He's been very clinical recently. Um, so who sticks out on this that you would maybe uh, look at uh, as an alternative to Antonio, or maybe just a supplementary forward. Yeah, it's um, with Antonio as well. Liverpool, Wolves, City, Brighton, Chelsea in the next five. So when I mentioned earlier about like the Bowen thing or holding on to Antonio, I think that's fine. But I think even when the the stats are still good over the the last six game weeks, but if you are watching West Ham, I, he he was the assist of the assister twice. Yeah, in that game, right? He was the 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 thing's called a hockey assist, right? I think they have that in <laughs> hockey fantasy uh, games. But again, this he gets into some positions. He, he he tries to smash it, and he and he skies it at times. But I never felt when I was watching it that I was going to get a goal from him. And and you said it; it looked a little bit. Is he tired? Even though he's not really playing the European games, with a difficult five coming up. And he's got such a high ownership. It's one of them where if you want to protect rank, then then fine, keep hold and do stuff elsewhere. But you know, I I'm the kind of manager that just wants to attack and and I'll go for it. So who who sticks out for me? I've actually sang his praises since was it game week two or three when I thought, wow. Uh, and if you can afford it, um, just Gabriel Jesus has just just massively as as a footballer. When he said, I want to play on the wing, he has genuinely been impressive. And he did have, you said about Foden creating the chances. It was Jesus that finished it really, really well. Uh, but like you said, it was it was a touch offside. But when he's when he's played, he's it, it feels like I'll get a goal or an assist out of him. 
He seems more lively so, at the moment, doesn't he? Playing in that favoured position, new favoured position. Yeah. And he's keeping them out of he's keeping them out of the team. If you go on to the other ones, if I think a popular move, if you didn't have Tony already, could be Antonio to Tony with Norwich and Newcastle next. Um, yeah. I don't think that's crazy. People always worry about, oh, you'll have to pay a bit of extra money to get Antonio back. But, you know, do, do you want points or do you want money in the bank? For me, I think, you know, I'd rather go for, for points. And the the Wolves boys, decent run of fixtures. Um, they seem to be linking up well, uh, Jimenez and Huang. And, you know, Everton Palace, West Ham's not easy. And then Norwich and Burnley. So, yeah, completely again, agree. I, I would be looking towards Hazus if I was feeling a little bit spicy. Uh, Tony, if I didn't have him, just because he's got Norwich and Newcastle coming up next. Uh, and then I'd probably be looking towards the, the, the two Wolves lads because they've been linking up well, uh, decent fixtures. And, and just one more that sticks out just a little bit. And I never get him, and I don't like the team he plays for, but he always gets points when he's fit. And it's Callum Wilson. I knew you were going to say Callum Wilson. Knew it. It's ridiculous. Like, he, he just, even on, like, video games, so I play, like, Football Manager games all the time. And I've done the new Football Manager 22 uh, with Newcastle because he had like 200 million to spend. And I still play him and he's still overpowered on that. And he's just like that in fantasy football. Like when he's fit, he plays for like, this is going to sound really horrible for Newcastle, but he plays for Newcastle. And when he plays, he is, he just gets points. Do you see the goal he scored against Crystal Palace? Like, oh, I mean, the, the, overhead, the overhead kick. Yeah, it was fantastic. It's, it's, it's insane. And then the week before, he gets a goal against uh, Spurs. But then he, his biggest problem is his, his injury record. Like, you look at what he's played, right? Six points, 1.9 points. Doesn't play for two, three, four games. Eight points, five points, two points. So he's only blanked two games that he's played. <laughs> and he's played six. Yeah, crazy stuff. I mean, but when I, he actually is on the pit and he's 1.6% owned, he's 7.3 million. He's just one of them where, like, when he's fit, he's, I don't know how he does it. Like, he, do you know, just do you know what? Gets... I'm, not, I'm not adverse to owning Wilson. Like, his fixtures are fairly decent. Um, we'll come to, uh, because we've got fixtures up on, on, the next, on the next slide, the forwards under 9 million with fixtures. But, uh, I mean, another player to think about here, maybe <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to. Josh King is here. Obviously, he's got one big chance per game, 0.8 big chance created. But, I mean, a lot of this is coming from that Everton game where he scored a hat trick. So take with that, that, that with a pinch of salt. He obviously didn't get anything uh, at the weekend against Southampton. So monitor that. If he can if he can sustainably keep up that decent performance that he displayed against Everton, then maybe he's someone we looked at. But um, yeah, I, I'd stay steer clear at the moment. Benteke is an interesting one. Um, 0.75 XG per 90, which is more than Antonio. Let's just say that. Uh, but the problem is that even though he got two goals in a row uh, before uh, game week 10, he seems to be rotated a little bit in this Palace side. And there's a lot of um, competition. So even though he seems to be in decent form, it's just not something that I can substantiate uh, in, in owning him. Um, Watkins is the other one. He scored at the weekend, 0.4 XGRP 90. Uh, Danny Ings is, I'm not sure if he's injured or whether he's just out of the team. Uh, he might have COVID, I, I don't know. Um, but muscle but, injury, I think. Muscle injury, okay. Muscle injury. I mean, Watkins, is, his stats are, are improving and um, obviously got his goal. 0. Whatever it is, um, big chances. Decent, I think 0.7. 
Can't quite he, see that. He hit the uh, yeah, it's not point seven. He hit the bar as well, right? Wasn't it a really, really good save? I thought he hit the bar as well against West Ham. Really great save from Fabianski. So he could have got uh, two goals. Yeah. Um, we so talked about before. Yeah, he looks he looks pretty lively. Seven point three million, but. I've got the um the the our shortlist up now forwards under nine million and we've got Antonio Tony Watkins Jimenez, uh, Jesus and Callum Wilson there. I haven't put Huang up because I think we could just throw him into the Jimenez uh, bracket. But um Huang's xG per ninety is zero point three one compared to Jimenez zero point three five. So Jimenez is a little bit down on the xGI and that's fairly intuitive. I think he 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 tends to have a lot of chances created and um. That, that may not actually translate into the big opportunities, but I mean, he's clearly a talent. I'm very happy owning him, and he's got some good fixtures. Crystal Palace away, West Ham at home, Norwich away, Burnley at home, especially those latter two fixtures are incredibly appealing. So I would be looking, if I wasn't a Wolves striker owner, either Huang or Jimenez, to um, to think about it from maybe game week 13 when they play Norwich, because uh, Wolves are not a bad side, and they can definitely get something from those games. Um Antonio, we've got at the top there with Liverpool, Man City in the next three. Wolves and Brighton aren't exactly um, easy fixtures. So, yeah, defensively, yeah, pretty so good. this is why we were talking about getting rid of Antonio. But I mean, you could bench him if you really wanted to in the Liverpool and the Man City games, or you could just play him. I mean, that, that type of game might suit West Ham. That counter-attacking play might suit Antonio. You never know. Um, but if you've got Liveramento sitting on your bench and you want to play him instead, then I don't think that's a... Um, unreasonable thing to to do um tony there next with 0.53 xgi norwich and newcastle we talked about Mboma already this stream but the same applies to tony um so further on watkins 0.4 southampton brighton and palace up next those that's not a bad set of fixtures right rob i mean are you tempted by watkins at all we've talked a bit about villa before i just feel like they've looked since i think the united game they've lost them all right they've lost the last four and they've they they got smashed by west Ham. i mean the red card obviously changed it but i think west ham were clearly the better side arsenal should have been more than three one i think arsenal embarrassed them i think they embarrassed themselves i think villa was awful in that game uh and then they let slip that lead against wolves and lost three two there's if you're looking for an attacker, it's fine. It doesn't matter if your team concedes, right? You want the guy who scores the goals. It doesn't matter if they if they lose 4-1. You just want the guy who scored the one. But just Villa are on a little bit of a slide recently. And Southampton are improving. Brighton are solid. I mean, are they still like top six? I haven't checked the Premier League table today. But they're, Brighton are doing really well. Uh, and Palace are on the rise as well. I think we're looking, and then obviously Manchester City. I just think it feels like, again, going back to like Rafinha and his team and Watkins and, and that team, it feels Villa as a team are on the decline. And I don't think I want to invest in players where I don't see the uptick yet. That's, that's completely fine. And I think when you think about the fixtures in isolation, you're talking about Brighton. Yes, they're, they're good. They've been had a really good start to the season. I think they were in the top four at one point and then Palace are on the up as well. I think they just, you don't know whether you're going to get a really decent performance. Obviously, Brighton turned up at Liverpool, but then they could get slaughtered away to Arsenal, for example, or they could lose to Chelsea or they could, I, I don't know. It's, it's that inconsistency. Obviously, they've got a good possession side. 
Uh, they've got a, a number of good players. Sometimes they, when they shoot, they're all off target. That's the thing. It's the underperformance. It's that reliability that maybe uh, keeps that fixture difficulty fairly low compared to the likes of, I don't know, Man United or Everton. I'm not talking about consistency in Man United. That's a terrible, terrible comparison to make. But um, I think you know what I'm saying. If again, if you go to if I if I had to ask you now, and it's a pretty easy question, three best defensive teams are which three teams in the league? I mean Chelsea, Chelsea probably Chelsea, yeah, City, Chelsea, City, Liverpool, City, Liverpool, obvious, right? Yeah. The next three are Southampton, Wolves, Brighton, and that's Watkins's fixtures. That's, that's for like chances conceded, uh, shots on target conceded, goal attempts in the box, things like that. You're you're looking at so got that's goal attempts. City, Liverpool, Chelsea, the top three, and then Southampton, Wolves, or Brighton after that. That surprises me that Palace are up there in terms of defensive capabilities. I would have thought that they would have um, suffered a little bit in terms of um, that attacking prowess creates holes at their back. But obviously, they just kept a clean sheet against City, so um, <laughs> fairly decent. But yeah, it's a, it's a good stat to uh, to throw out there, which probably does reduce Aston Villa's appeal. And hence Ollie Watkins, but I think he's still a good shout if you wanted to to take the punt. Um, we've talked about Jimenez already, and Gabriel Jesus. Yeah, it's a really interesting one. I know Gianni's been been touting Jesus. I don't think he's a bad punt at all, considering his reliability of starts in that right wing position. Callum Wilson's the one that intrigues intrigues me a little bit. I know it's Newcastle, but I mean those are some decent fixtures, and I think they actually go on longer. I think he's got Burnley after Norwich in game week fourteen, so. I wouldn't be surprised if Callum Wilson gets a run of form going. Uh, he's already got a goal against Aston Villa, he said. I oh, know it was Palace, sorry. And um, yeah, Brighton, Brentford, Arsenal and Norwich in the next four. I don't, that's not a bad run, right? Does he interest you yeah. at all? And, and then, Bur- then Burnley and Leicester. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's just, like I said, like six games, he only blanks twice and he's 7.3 million and he plays for Newcastle is incredible. But... There's there's been ten game weeks. Yeah. Not okay. six. I can't have a player that <laughs> plays six in ten games. I don't want to go back into stats again, but I believe it's something like sixty percent. Oh so my god. I have a player that plays sixty percent of a season. Uh but do you know, I remember when we were first picking out players to start the season with and, and I and I told you I said something like in the last 15 games, how many has Wilson played? And I told you it was like five. Because that said, this isn't just a new season thing. This is a, a historical thing throughout his career where he's got the, he's clearly got ability. He's clearly a clinical goal scorer. Lots of talent if he can stay fit. And he's yeah. still not found that rhythm like... He's got two 90 minutes under his belt, which is which is lovely, but give it one or two game weeks and something's gonna pull again. It's it's you know it's a very easy thing to say, and I think you know prudent managers would definitely agree with you. But I mean, you could say the same thing about Antonio. He's starting to get this run fixture. He looks really good again. And Danny Ings is injury prone, of course, but when he's got a when he gets a run of fixtures. I want a good fixtures and he can stay fit, then he's still a decent option. Just by saying, oh, yeah, he's injury prone means that you can't get on board with the good fixtures. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, you know, it's a perfectly reasonable argument, but some people might miss out by saying, yeah, I'm not going to get on Callum Wilson because he's injury prone, but he's got a good run of fixtures. When he gets injured, just transfer him out. 
I guess that's a contrast. We played for Newcastle as well. I think that's yeah, that, I mean that is a. <laughs> I, I just I just want to throw in my uh, Matt Ritchie stat for the oh, day. Oh no! On the ICT index, he's third. He's second for creativity of all defenders. He's top for crosses in the last six game weeks of all positions, defenders, midfielders, and forwards. And he has the most successful like success rate of crosses. How many um, attacking returns does he have this season? Oh, yeah. Uh, just future. Uh, actually, I've, I've, I've typed here. Uh, lesson to learn is that you have to combine certain stats or have some eye test to make a good decision. When we wow. find certain stats that look good, we need to combine them with the correct stats. So when earlier I said I was going to ask you a question, so it's all well and good about things like successful crosses and, and creativity and stuff. But we've been looking at forwards and we've been looking at midfielders. Are there any key stats that you'd like to suggest that you love to look at or combine together? So you can make any play, and I've, and I've done this before, like you can make any player look like a, a superstar. Like I, I can I've, I can make Matt Ritchie look like, uh, you know, oh, he's third for creativity behind Mo Salah. Uh, and it sounds really good, right? Like Gross or Pascal Grosch uh, weeks and weeks ago. And I was joking saying, you know, he's, you know, he's top of the successful passing and crossing charts, whatever it was. What would you combine? So we're looking to find different midfielders and different forwards. Are there any sort of key things you like to look at that stick out in your mind? I mean, I always, whenever I produce my charts, I always like to split out um, the big and the small chances because that gives me, it paints a picture on how that player plays without having to watch them, whether they shoot from far out, whether they just hang by the goal, whether they get these proportionately much easier or much more difficult chances. Uh, and splitting also the creativity and the threat out, which is why some of the charts I do are have big attempts, which are the big shots and big chances created. And then the small attempts, the small shots and the small chances created. That for me gives me a combined view on how good uh, or how different each each player is. You're going to see that that correspond to the XGI furthest to the top right. We're always going to see that. Um, but I think understanding how a player plays is also incredibly important to seeing how much they are going to be projected to score. Um, you could you could equally do it with like shots in the box. You could equally do it with um, your passes in the final third, touches in the box, this sort of stuff. It, they all do the same thing. It's just how you interpret those numbers and paint a picture in your head about how that might, that certain stat might capitalise against future opponents and how those opponents play. You could go into it uh, in complete depth if you really wanted to, and I'm sure a lot of us actually do. That's how we gain an edge against our opponents. But um, it's not just, yes, xgi it's not just this person has the highest xgi he must be the best it's just it's more to it than that if if it was like that rafini wouldn't be regarded as one of the best players uh in the league and i think he is just technically an outstanding player but there's always people that get shoved down the list because they don't conform to that particular stat it's just getting an all a well-rounded picture in our head and uh, i think that is the main secret to success in fpl basically um so enough about forwards. Let's move on to the main topic, I think, which is premium options. And I think we're struggling at the moment to really come up with who's the best premium option outside of Salah. We've got the chart up here. Mo Salah up there, top. Miles, as you say, space, Rob. Um, 
with 4.7 shots per appearance. Uh, next best is Cristiano Ronaldo at 3.5. And we've also got Bruno Fernandes there on the right-hand side, which is, is miles best for chances created, um, which is very interesting. And he might be the pick uh, when Man United's fixtures get a little bit easier. But then we've got this little pack of players behind them um, with the likes of Son leading the creativity, ironically, and um, Rashford there as well, and Vardy. We'll have our shortlist in a minute, but... Um, Who's your pick other than Salah? If you could, if you could wildcard now and pick a premium option outside of Salah, who would it be? Like I can ignore money and stuff. Just yeah, yeah. My, no money, I, just just just. I, pick. I, I love the idea of a Salah Mane double up. Yeah, I, I, I'm a big very Sun fan, a big big Sun fan. Um, do you know as well, just looking at your charts, like, do, do you just think that the Fernandez? so you're right, when I talked to her about Tielemans, right, on that far right side, it's like Bruno's the same, but even more. Like, you can argue he's got more goal threat, but in terms of stats, it's not, um, it's not actually really there at the minute for, for, for Bruno, I think, compared, yeah, like, he's getting the assist, but it feels like he's like a, He's, he's dropping down or he's not the golfer. But if you if you force me to choose another premium, I, I love the idea of a... And I've not done this, by the way. <laughs> this is not my transfer. But I I, I was so close to that. And I, was it last week I mentioned it? Or it could have been on another stream where I said, like, the idea of a Salamani double up just... Last week you showed the chart about attacking teams and Liverpool were way up in the top right corner by themselves. Like and their their numbers as a team and uh, expected goals and all of the good juicy stats that you want from from a goal scoring attacking side. Liverpool were streets ahead of everyone else. And if you took price out of it, I mean, if Mane was ten ten point five million, I think we'd all have him. Why why wouldn't we? Potentially, potentially. I mean, it, it surprised me that he was sort of a bit down in this chart in terms of the number of shots and number of chances created. Yeah. But that's not the be-all and end-all. He's still 0.8 big chances per per match, which is next best equal with Vardy. I know it's not. I lied to you. Son is next best, but he's third best after Son for big chances. So he's clearly yeah. getting, the obviously, the decent efforts. When we watch Mane... He's such an attacking, you know, such an attacking threat. He always has, has that ball to Salah, and they've been linking up better than they usually do. Uh, and when, when Salah's going to get these goals, if we think that Salah's going to get more goals than he usually does, then Mane's probably going to benefit that and benefit of that with with FPL points in terms of maybe assist potential. So I'm definitely not adverse to a, a doubling up of Mane. It's one of my thoughts this week. Maybe a De Bruyne to a Mane move. And you can do this straight swap can't you i could do a straight swap it's 11.9 to 11.9 and de bruyne has been uh obviously a, a bad transfer but even though he's he's fairly decent for chances created on this 0.7 big chances created per match as well his xgi is way down compared to a lot of these players um it's actually 0.35 xgi per 90 i mean just compare that to 1.04 for salah uh 0.64 for Mane. i mean he's He's doubly worse than Mane in terms of XGI per 90, which sort of doesn't surprise me. Um, and that's being uplifted because he's playing, been playing limited minutes. So, I mean, De Bruyne has just been a bad transfer and I, I can't wait to get rid of him, to be honest. I, I think it'll be either, either Son or Mane 
um, that I'll be looking at because uh, Tottenham, I think Nuno's confirmed that he's been sacked now. So um, yeah, they potentially get some new manager bounce um, in time for their decent fixtures from game week uh, 12. I mean, Everton this weekend is it's not, a, it's not a bad fixture either. So I'd be tempted to go with Son, but De Bruyne is definitely out for me. Lukaku's been nowhere. Obviously, he's been injured, of course, but uh, even before that, he's been blanking. Um, yeah. One player I want to talk to, about, talk to you about is Rashford, and he's been back. He's been he's been scoring as well. Um, 0.62 XGI per 90, which is very, very decent. Um, it's like second or third best in this list. Uh, what do you think of Rashford? Is he someone that you can invest in? I think he's a midfielder at 9.4, something like that. Yeah, nine for four. Um, I mean, he's he's not got ninety minutes under his belt yet. He's he one to keep an eye on when they hit that game week fifteen to twenty two run. So keep your eye on him for the next four game weeks and see if he can get into that eleven. Because I mean, Ronaldo's down the middle, and Bruno's behind him as a, as the attacking midfielder, right? But now when you start talking about the wingers. You, you still got like Sancho to think about. You still got Rashford. You still got Greenwood. I, I mean, he's he, it's good to see him pain free. I mean, he looks sharp. I mean, he's come off the bench, uh, but he against Leicester and and Spurs and and got a goal. Uh, but you can also argue that in that situation, character football for Manchester United is fine for Rashford to do that. Not yet. I would look at Rashford until they hit that run and see if in the next four game weeks. Now he's starting to get more minutes. He's looking fit. He's looking hungry. Then we can assess then. I would definitely not be going near him until, like, game week 15. That's but just interestingly, if, like, if you just did a straight swap, a good thing, uh, Sun's fantastic. You know, like, he's, like, my favorite. But if you are thinking of just doing a Kevin De Bruyne to Mane swap now, you could do a st- almost straight swap you, you probably keep a little bit of change in your pocket if again in game week 15 you went from Mane to Bruno Fernandes yeah exactly and um I guess you could also have that option of going for Rashford if you wanted to save some cash as well um yeah obviously a move from a premium midfielder to a premium forward takes two transfers so that's not completely ideal but I think the only real option that I'm massively or I could be tempted to go back to Ronaldo uh, instead but maybe with a couple of other man united assets also doing well maybe the other alternatives aren't bad so maybe that sort of makes me think uh, i don't need to go to a premium forward again um especially with lukaku not not really being amongst it but yeah the, the mané move definitely does tempt me um otherwise it would be for son and that allows me to upgrade either rafinha or mount to the likes of grealish or Maybe even a Rashford, depending if I if I took out Mason Mount, maybe I could go up to a Rashford. So that would be fairly decent, bolstering the midfield. So yeah. definitely something to deliberate on. But I mean, the the consensus is that Salah is obviously incredible for shots. Fernandez is great for chances created, but hasn't been uh, really been amongst the FPL points too much. Um, and I guess that goes hand in hand with Man United's erratic form as well. Um, Vardy is he had a really good purple patch and now he's got back to back one pointers yeah. I know he, play, he only played half the game um, not this weekend the previous weekend and he blanked obviously against Arsenal woeful Leicester you called them um, is Vardy ever anyone you would entertain um, well I had the choice a couple of, when, when the car got injured I had the choice of Vardy and Kane and I said 
at the time, Vardy was the better choice because he he was on a hot streak. But that's that's what I find with Jamie Vardy. He'll have 10 games where he'll score every single one and then not score for 10 games. Uh, and yeah, it was a 50-50 call and I went for Kane. With the back of my mind potentially going from Kane to Ronaldo when United get that fixture. So again, keeping my eye on how United do over the next four. Um, so no, I wouldn't go to Vardy. And again, it, it's bringing back the idea of that team issue. Now, the, the good thing about Vardy is Leicester have had, for most of the season, been poor, not, not good enough to their standards. But he's still been getting goals. So I'm never going to say Jamie Vardy is not a very great option because year in, year out, the, the guy scores like minimum 15 to 25 goals a season. So, I mean, he's already got seven now in 10. I wouldn't back against him where he's got leads this week. Chelsea, very difficult, but he loves playing the big boys. Like he scored, isn't it like Manchester United as well, one of his most teams that he scores against the most. He's good against big teams. Um, but then he's got Watford, Southampton, Villa, Newcastle. So the run for Vardy coming up, if you want to get Vardy now, and I don't want to say suffer that Chelsea game, but not expect much in that Chelsea game, you can have Vardy now, and then in, when we get to that game week 15 or 16 or whatever, consider a United player or use the money elsewhere. That's I'm never going to back against Vardy. He's done it year in, year out. And apart from, unfortunately for people who Lukaku got injured, let's all get Jamie Vardy. He's got back-to-back ones. But that doesn't put me off Jamie Vardy because he's a fantastic historical goal scorer. One of the yep. all-time yep. Premier League top goal scorers. He's got it in him to have a run of form whenever. And it doesn't... Yeah, he whenever does... he feels like it. <laughs> exactly. It doesn't even need to be the good fixtures, as you've sort of alluded to. It can be up against the, the decent sides. Chelsea and Man United or whoever... So yeah, we've got the um, we've got fixtures up for our shortlist of premium players. I haven't included Salah on this because everyone sort of owning owns him already. Um, his xgi per ninety, by the way, is one point zero four compared to uh, a lot of the other other people on this list. The next best is um, Sadio Mane at zero point six four. So that just shows the gulf in that xgi per ninety. But Sadio Mane, Liverpool's fixtures, West Ham away, Arsenal at home, Southampton at home and Everton away is not bad at all. And it does it, it does make me uh, want to go Sadio Mane. That extra skin in the game whenever I want want to watch that Liverpool match, I know that I'm going to get even more of a green arrow if they do well. And as you said earlier, Rob, they've been you know far and away the best attacking team over and above Man City even uh, in recent weeks. So there's there's nothing wrong with that move, I don't think. It's just... Probably the value that Mane gives compared to Salah is considerably less. But then again, I currently have De Bruyne sitting in my team at 11 million and he scored one point over the last two games. So it's a bit of a... You're caught between a rock and a hard place, really, choosing between premiums who don't necessarily offer that value. But you need to sort of put that spot in your side to maybe maintain flexibility in order to jump on a certain premium that might have a good fixture run or a good or have be has been in a good run of form. Um, so Ronaldo's there on the next bit, 0.6, uh, Man City next and Chelsea in game week 13 sort of puts me off bringing any sort of Man United player in uh, until I think it's game week 15, game week 16. They have a good run of fixtures. So 
that will be, I think, when we start looking for Man United players. The same goes for Bruno down there at 0.53. We talked about Vardy already. Let's talk about the Spurs boys because um, they're going to be a bit of a talking point in coming weeks, aren't they, Rob? I mean, we've got Son here at 0.54 xG per 90, which is which is really decent. But then Harry Kane, 0.36. And we've seen a little bit of a sluggish Harry Kane in recent weeks. Mm. Do you think that he comes back to form with a new manager? It, it's tough to say because it's let's say it depends if it is going to be Conte. It depends on the manager. Um, but I think it's it's I don't want to sound too like philosophical, but I think it's it's actually Harry Kane within himself that's the problem, not necessarily the manager. So I I, I even I said this earlier, but I, I do feel sorry for Nuno. Uh, Santos because Spurs never wanted him. They were looking from from a manager for months, and he was like their tenth choice manager. It was just felt like he was doomed to fail. Like even at Wolves, they said he doesn't play attacking, attractive football. He was he was going to find it really difficult to get the Spurs fans on side. And Harry Kane made it almost explicitly clear that he wanted to go to Manchester City because of a gentleman's agreement. That's not happened. I can't imagine Manchester City play, paying 150 million for him now, and that, so I don't think it, I don't think it matters what manager comes in. I think I've said before, I went from Lukaku to Kane because he is in terrible form. I think he's having a really poor season. I said he was at fault for the Antonio goal when they lost one nil against West Ham. Spurs as an entire team and the whole tactics of of, of Spurs were, were terrible against Manchester United. But I just think it comes down to Kane. So I don't know if it's going to be a new manager or a new tactic necessarily, but Kane has always got that world-class ability. You said earlier about Ronaldo. I know he's got City and Chelsea in the next four and Arsenal in the next four, um, but I would also back Ronaldo against any team because he's got that world-class potential ability and I think Kane I'm not saying Kane is as good as Ronaldo but Kane has that potential to just be like one game week be like all right I'm up for it now yeah I would, I would be surprised I, I, I've stopped I, I've had my sulk I've had my paddy I've had my moan I, I, I'm I'm ready new maybe a new manager will bring that maybe if they do get a winner in like Conte who's going to come in and say, this is the plan. I want to turn you guys into champions. That might inspire him. I never saw Nuno as the manager to, to be big enough for, for Spurs. I, 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 you look at, I, I always see them as a top team and I would have thought that they would have pulled in like a, a, a top manager. I think Antonio Conte is that. Maybe that will open his eyes and think, oh, maybe Spurs are not uh, a team on the decline and, and and he's only going to go there. He he refused him originally because you know rumor has it that uh, Daniel Levy wouldn't promise him the funds. So something must have changed. There must be something there that he said to say, okay, you can you've got free reign because he wouldn't go otherwise, would he? I mean, he's a he's a very well thought of manager. Maybe that's the one. But I do think it comes down to Harry Kane within himself at any given moment. A player, all of these premiums on on the list that you've put here on the shortlist, every single one of them has that potential to just turn it on. And that's why they're premium players. And that's why they've got such a high price. It's just that Harry Kane, probably on this list out of all those players, 
could be the best forward in the world, but is currently of those players on the list, the most out of form or out of sync or just something's not quite right there. Yeah, could still be the hangover from the summer. He's still maybe even tired from that. Could be that he never got his Man City move and he's still unhappy with the with the club. But yeah. That's, let's, that's I mean, let's talk about his fixtures because Spurs have a really good run now. I mean, Everton away isn't a bad fixture, but then they get even better. Leeds at home, Burnley away, Brentford at home. And then Norwich at home, Brighton away, Leicester away. Those are that's a really good run of fixtures up to game week seventeen. And I think Harry Kane could possibly use that to get back into form. I don't think it's a bad a bad option to preempt bringing him in. Um, maybe if you're a bit more prudent, you wait to see him getting a couple of goals on the score sheet, and then and then maybe bring, bringing him in for game week twelve, game week thirteen, something like that. I don't think it's a bad option if you've got a premium forward that's sitting. Uh, sitting there making a hole, but I, I think you know you probably want Ronaldo from maybe game week sixteen onwards. So may, maybe not worth maybe worth getting on Harry Kane now and creating a, a spot for Ronaldo from game week sixteen potentially. Um, yep. So I don't think it's a bad option. I I having this chat, I feel like I kind of want to get Son in for this good run of form, and then I've got some money in the bank to maybe upgrade some some other players. Um, let's talk about. Let's finish off by looking at your team uh, for game week 11 and digesting these crazy moves that you've made. Oh, oh, right. I just know people are going to hate it. And I know they're <laughs> going to be... Oh, they can say what they want. They, they rip me every week and, I, and Mate, I'm not bothered. you hate it. I mean, everyone's going <laughs> to... I... Okay. You know what as well? When we look at this, I can't even have... I can't even have the caveat or the excuse that I knew uh, that Nuno Santos had been sacked because I made these transfers at 7.40 a.m. this morning for me, which is late night UK time. So I didn't even have the the, the, <laughs> the excuse of being like, oh, new manager bounce, I'm going to go for So, so tell, tell us which what moves you've actually made. All right, all right, all right. So... <laughs> Uh, it's a minus four, and I've gone uh, uh, Antonio to Huang because, you know, the difficult five fixtures coming up, and I wanted to buy back the Wolves guys. Uh, and I've gone for uh, Rafinha to Sun. Okay. And then I've gone from Diaz to Shalabar. That I mean, that that's the one. That's the one that I go... That's- what That's were you thinking? That's the humdinger, right? <laughs> so here's my double thinking. So first, I said my baby's almost on the way, and I didn't want to get called up, uh, caught up in all of that. I don't want to miss deadlines. So I wanted to make a team that was ready to go. And then I did it, and I pressed <laughs> confirm transfer, and I thought, what am I doing? because my original plan which you said oh that's a great idea my original plan was just simply going to be Kane to Jimenez and Gallagher or Rafinha to Son okay I guess it's it's a bit sideways isn't it the Kane to Son but I I get it I get it Um, but that would have meant that I would have gone you know a Gallagher or Rafinha to a Son and got Jimenez in, which is, is, is a great option. I could have just done it that oh way. Oh, my God. So, 
Talk Here's... about eggs in baskets, mate, with, with Tottenham. I mean, there's plenty of people out there that don't even own yeah. a Spurs asset. And you've got yeah. the two main ones preempted their good fixture run. I mean, it could be genius yeah. or it could be This mental. is what I was thinking. I could come back. Let's say I'm back in like a month or something. And I could be sat here, you know, being all like, what a move that was. <laughs> uh, or I could be sat here going, oh, my God, what a move that was. <laughs> like, it's going to be one of the two. And and I always and I always say like the advice or suggestions or discussions I have are completely separate to what I do to my own team. Yeah. I'll make my own plans and I'll play my own way and I'll be reckless or I'll come up with these uh you know these schemes and plans because I'll I'll go for it. I don't want to be a guy that just tries to shoot for 100k or 200k. I want to be the guy that tries to shoot all the way for number one, right? And if I don't, and I don't, I play the game and I lose and I, and I play and I have fun doing it. That's completely fair so, enough. At least, you know, at least you're going to be playing Gallagher or Libramento more often than not when now, Chalabar so, gets bent. So here's, here's why Chalabar. First, money. <laughs> Obviously, I can't <laughs> afford James or Chua. That's something for the future. Now, I was, so I was going to go Kane, Jimenez and Gallagher to Son. And then Rafinha would have been my first bench, which would be great because... I'd have a, a Diaz, Cancelo, Christensen, Trent as my back four. Probably someone gets rotated out. Here's my thinking why behind Shellback. He's with Christensen. I've got a good bench with Gallagher and Livermento. I don't see them being both of the both of them benched. If both of them are not playing, I feel like I'm pretty unlucky. So if one of them's benched, I've got Gallagher or Livermento coming on. I think the rest of my team. Bar Mount should be solid. If Mount's fit, he should be solid. Cancelo has been playing as well. But when I was looking back at the games that teams that they've missed, Chalaba's missed all the difficult games yeah. that Chelsea have had. And I know he didn't get play against Newcastle, but we talked about this before the stream, right? That he didn't play against Newcastle because he just played in the Cup and Norwich. So he just played two games, so he took a rest. But in the easier games on paper... Shallow has played, and okay. in the more difficult ones, he's not. We've got so, a, we've got a super chat, Rob. Um, Anthony Gary says, "I support Rob's crazy moves." <laughs> more power to him. Look forward to seeing him more in the future. Sad to see him taking a break for it, but understood, of course. Uh, that's a yeah, nice message. Yeah, Thanks, yeah. Anthony. Um, that, love that. That's a positive comment. This is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but yeah, just going back to the Chelsea defenders. If both of them play. I reckon that could be a six-pointer. And Shalaba's one of the top-scoring Chelsea defenders. And it, it, I just think one of the two will play, which means Gallagher or Liverman to come on. If one of those boys comes on as a sub, I feel pretty unlucky because of centre-arse, right? Or one in a back three. Yeah. But if both of them play, it's a, it's, it's a good time. But if it's, if it's a difficult game, say, against Man City or against Liverpool, I'll bench them. That's completely fair. I'll bench one of them. So... That was my thinking about why I wanted another Chelsea defender. I wanted to take the punt on having two Chelsea lads. So if they play against Burnley, happy days. I've got two Chelsea defenders. If they don't, they don't. Both of them miss out. Livermento comes in. Livermento's I mean, a fantastic it, option. It seems like they've been rotating that that centre-back. Well, Tuchel's been rotating those those three centre-backs fairly often. I mean, Chalabar's been playing fairly often, but Thiago Silva can't play every game. As Piliqueta, you know, could get right wing-back um, role occasionally here and there at the expense of James. And it does it, it does create room for Chalabar to play. It, obviously, he won't play every single game. 
No. He'll play maybe even worse than 66.67% of the time. Two in five. Two in five. Yeah, 4.9 million, I'll I'll take it. Christensen's five. I'll I'll just, I'll penny pinch. I don't have to explain Sun because it's Sun. You know, I was always getting Sun. He's, uh, you know, he's one of my favorites. Every time I watch Spurs, even against like United, there was a chance it would be him. Every time anything, he takes corners. Everything about him, he, for his price is fair. I think everything about Son is is fantastic. Uh, I, I, I'll always back Son. I mean, you've um, got to be happy with the new manager bounce potential as well. I mean, yeah, that, that was for, I, I had a feeling Nuno was going to be done um, after after that abysmal performance, and, the, and it's been poor. So the Spurs double up. I know it's madness. I know, but we're coming into a good run of fixtures. They could should be getting a new manager in now. Hopefully Kane wakes up because I, I just believe in Harry Kane. Sometimes for me with football, sometimes it's not about stats or even before a match is kicked. Sometimes you just believe a player has that ability. And I believe in Harry Kane. I believe he's a top player when he sorts whatever he's got going on. When he sorts it out, it's fine. But like I said, these are also placeholders. So Kane could go to Ronaldo in a couple of weeks. Um. And I had Kane anyway, so I just thought let's let's just have a go. Let's 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 attack. Kane's like six point four percent owned. Sun's seventeen percent owned. So if I, if they do well, it's a lovely green arrow. Um, and if they don't, they don't. Um, egg on my face, and I'll just own up to the the mistake that I've made. Fair play. Um, um, I mean, I quite like the moves that he talked it not talked it through. The only one is Chalaba. That sort of makes yeah. me uneasy, but I, I I don't think there's anything bad going for it and bringing in Son. Uh, he could and easily that's why I've got over my the bench. next five. Yeah, exactly. Gall- exactly. Gallagher and Livermento, like it, he doesn't play. He doesn't play. Livermento Gallagher comes in, and, and I'm you know I'm a happy chappy. You know, it's not it's not the worst. And look, if because I had Kane anyway, I didn't bring Kane in as well. I had him for the last two game weeks because of Lukaku. So let's say in two or three game weeks when the manager settles and it's just not working, Kane is just not sorting himself out. I can go to Ronaldo or I can use that money and spread it around. You know, I'm not stuck in this forever. People see a yeah. move like this and think, oh, you're, you're trapped. But, you know, if I don't do a move next week, I've got two free transfers. Kane to someone... And then I've got like four million to spend anywhere I want, you know. Yeah, I could do good. Kane all the way down, go four four two, and do Mount to, you know, a higher up player as well. So lots of flexibility still to come. Because my so, money's spent, yeah, midfield and, and Salah forward. captain uh, nailed on for you. Yes. <laughs> I think that's fairly reasonable. Um, we'll talk about captaincy in more in depth when we look at my team. Let's move over, actually, and look at that. Um, I've got Ramsdale back in goal. You'll be happy to hear. Foster's dead to me now. So, well, <laughs> looking forward to those more 10-point hauls from Ramsdale. Playing Watford at home, it could happen. Never know. Um, Dan James, uh, Dan James, Reese James has um, Burnley at home, which is good. I mean, if you're looking outside of Salah captaincy this week, Chelsea's probably the fixture to look at it. But... Yeah. There aren't really that many intuitive attacking Chelsea options. So looking at the likes of Reese James or Chilwell as a differential captain shout could could reap rewards, I guess. Um, the other option is uh, Mbomo or Tony against Norwich at home. Obviously, Operation Target Norwich. But, yeah. I mean, there's a risk that Brentford um, 
turn up as they did at the weekend with a bit of a lacklustre performance. They'll probably win against Norwich, but it might not be convincing and Tony might not even get on the score sheet. I think probably the safest one for every anyone who doesn't really want to overthink it is just to Captain Salah. I think everyone, most people are going to do that. He was 199% effective ownership yeah. this week. I mean, if he hauls, you're absolutely stuck. So don't overthink it. That's what I'm going to do. I'm probably just going to Captain Salah and not overthink it. Um, yeah, you, you literally, like the first three that you said, list, so Salah's my number one, James or Chilwell's my number two, and yeah. Tony or Umbomo is my number three. Literally <laughs> the same. But also, I would have said like target Newcastle, uh, yeah. but Brighton have got no one that you'd have or captain in an attacking sense. Well, exactly. So it's and a then bit, attack, bit but, but an outside one, um, let's just pretend Salah doesn't exist in the captaincy world right now because okay. we're all going to captain him. It's the safest bet. Uh, if you were looking for something, we talked about him earlier, Jamie Vardy. I know he's back-to-back one-pointers, but he's, he's a Sheffield lad mm. going to Leeds in front of the fans <laughs> who Leeds are conceding goals. They're not looking great. They're just outside of the relegation zone. They're, they're not looking a fantastic side. No, Leicester's not, but Jamie Vardy scores goals. You just know... Jamie Vardy, a Sheffield lad in front of Leeds, scoring a goal, standing in front of them, hands on his ears or hands on his mouth, like shushing the crowd. You can, you yeah, can you just, can see it. Just, you can see it now. It's a decent pick- differential shout for sure. Um, Abamyang at Watford might not be a bad shout as well. Um, because, again, targeting Watford. But Watford aren't... With, with Vernieri, I don't think they're going to be whipping boys as much as... Um, you know Norwich, Newcastle. They're going to be they're going to be hit and miss here and there. I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think your boys Son and Kane might not be a bad shout against Everton. If Everton can concede five to Watford, then they can concede a few goals to Spurs. Uh, but yeah, it's an interesting one this week. Obviously, Man United play Man City, so that takes away a couple of the uh, inform attacking sides to um, to target for captaincy. But I think the moral of the story is just to not overthink it and captain Salah. Let's talk about my moves. I haven't made any yet, but um, it will either be a straight swap De Bruyne to Mane, um, 11.9 to 11.9, which is sort of easy. I I quite enjoy having a bit of extra skin in the game uh, watching Liverpool. But I think probably the move that will happen is either De Bruyne to Son or Foden or whoever, and then I'll be able to upgrade another player and have Son and Foden instead of... um, De Bruyne and Mount or De Bruyne and Rafinha depending on who I choose to take out um, the, the Rafinha issue with a Brazilian international break sort of puts me off a little bit so I could do De Bruyne and Rafinha to uh, to Son and, and Foden, I think that would be a fairly reasonable set of transfers so we will see, I probably are going to end up keeping Antonio which is against my intuition but I think something says to me he's got a really decent set of sats still so maybe just just go with it. If I have to bench him for Livramento, if I choose to do that, then that's probably fine. But I mean, there's a common consensus that you probably should just play the attacking player. He could easily get against a, get a goal against Liverpool, who have been well. They conceded two at the weekend to Brighton, for for goodness' sake. So Antonio could get get some form back and and uh, score then. But we will see. I'm pretty happy with my team in in general. I keep Mount for another couple of weeks. Cancelo's been a bit of a pain, but. Uh, I'm just going to keep and see what happens. You know, at City at the back, they should be keeping clean sheets. Um, not much more to say, really. Um, Do you have any money in the bank? 
No, 0. 0.0. Uh... Yeah, which is a shame. But I think De Bruyne and Rafinha, that's just enough for Son and, and Foden. So, so fingers crossed. If if I removed Mount instead of Rafinha, I could possibly go up to Rashford if I wanted to. But, I mean, that's probably a bit further down the line. But So you could do De Bruyne and Rafinha to Son and Foden? Yes, yeah. You you can afford that move. Well, I mean, let, let me just double check. You're making me um, doubt myself now. But yes, I'm pretty sure I can. Um, I think it was within 0.1 million. So Son's in. And where's Foden? Foden, Foden, Foden. Yeah, 0.0. So exact, Ooh. exact money to do and, that. And, but how many transfers have you got? One. Just one. So it'd be for it'd a hit. It'd be for a hit. Yeah. Oh, it's tempting. I, I I don't want to sway you, Ted, but the last time you were look, you were reluctant with a hit, you didn't bring Reese James in a week early. <laughs> well, I don't think he did anything that week. I yeah, just... he did. He got 13. Oh, God. That's true. Oh, my God. You're absolutely yeah, spot on. you didn't on. take Semedo out and you, you didn't go, you didn't take the extra four for James. But that wasn't a bad thing because Livermento did play for nine points. So it would have been, it would have been exactly the same outcome. But yeah, good point. Good point. But that's not how we should live our FPL lives, you know. No. But also the long <laughs> distance, like, well, effectively, you can do De Bruyne to Sun, that's fine. But then you just got to weigh up Rafinha versus Foden for the next. Yeah, it's a tricky one. But if it's Foden long term for you, then then maybe it could be a good move. I think Rafinha is an excellent player, and I don't think it would be a bad move to keep him. But the international break staff, the fact that Leeds aren't playing with a completely fully fit starting 11 the likes of Bamford and Ailing missing uh, I know um, uh, Roberts is back now uh, sorry Phillips mm. oh I, I forget all their names um, <laughs> regardless it's not like the ideal starting side for for Leeds and they just played Norwich and obviously Rafinha got a goal and I think that's probably to be expected but Leicester and Spurs might be a little bit more of a tough ask Um you might even miss Spurs. So I would be tempted to do that move, to be honest. But I would have to keep Mason Mount. And I'm just, he's such a high maintenance own. I'm not sure if I can go on and long term keep Mason Mount. I don't know. We'll see. But I, I think that's a really tempting move. I'm going to have to watch the price changes now, aren't I? Because that's 0, 0.0 if uh, Son goes up again. or and, and that's it. Like, obviously, you guys have got all day in the UK to be. There might be some early transfers for likes of Son. You don't want to to yeah. to to miss out. Or oh, De Bruyne could go down, and Foden exactly. obviously is extremely popular. Like it, it's unlucky. It's one of them where you 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 pull the trigger or you, you don't. Because if even if you wait till like Thursday, Friday, that might be it. Because you you're zero point zero, which is just the most uncomfortable position to be. Because Son's law is you'll make the move. And then, like, Foden goes off hobbling in Champions League. and But I think you should be all right with De Bruyne to Son, at least. And then you could always decide Rafinha later. I mean, yeah, Foden against Man United might not be... Um, yeah. Yeah, you could wait an uh, international break for that. Like, I don't think Son will be in Europe this week, so... It, you know, you'd be unlucky if he's out with a, a training injury. What um, do you think? Which, which, which moves do you prefer? The De Bruyne to Mane? Or De Bruyne to Son, Rafinha to Foden. That double move. Not sure why we do I just, it for a hit. I just, but... When we look, like I said, when you asked me earlier for like a free reign, choose a player, I said Mane. Because, but the thing is, 
Mane's going to be a transfer out for you, I think. Like, if you got Son in now, we've just been talking about that run of fixtures for Spurs. So you can double down on that incredible Liverpool attack, or you can get in on Spurs on the ground floor when they're about to go on like a six-game run of top fixtures. I mean, the good thing about Son is that even during this lackadaisical approach from Nuno or the fact that they've had a couple of dodgy performances, he's been fairly consistent with his returns all the way throughout the season. And he's always there for the through ball. He's always there to be clinically finishing the ball off. So, I mean, he could he could really go on a, a, a great run um, going forward with some easy fixture and a new, new manager bounce. So the fact that he's been almost immune to all of the external pressures and and uh, influences is just really encouraging. So I think, yeah, Sun's my number one. And, and you get back, what, 1.7 million, something like that? If you yeah. if you got De Bruyne to Sun, yeah. and that one point seven million can be like you said, Rafinha to Sun, if that uh, Rafinha to Foden, if that's still possible, or you could go Antonio up to someone, or Jimenez up to someone, or Tony up to someone, or uh, a White up to someone, and go four four two. Uh-uh. Uh, or, but but you know you know what I mean like the the, the good that not only is Son a fantastic player and and he's great no matter what and even though Mane is in such a fantastic attacking Liverpool side that extra one point seven million is something that you could put somewhere else in that eleven to hundred percent yeah to improve um, yeah so exactly I would I would definitely back the the Bruyne to to Son move if if I had to. I love yeah. the idea of the Mane Salah double up. I just think it sounds so like deadly. You know, it, it sounds like oh, if you're watching Liverpool game, you 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 the stats are there and have been scoring so many goals. Like you want them to win every game five nil because <laughs> if if they win five nil and Salah and Mane aren't involved, then that's just that's that's crazy. Um, I think it just blocks me from bringing in a Spurs player. Uh, I could go Mane to Son, but then I'm doing. A lot of transfers, sort of doing the hokey pokey. Yeah, you're bringing Mane now, and then in a couple of weeks, that's the transfer. That's why I said earlier, right? About it's a, it's a, it's a transfer out, so you can get in now with some as they're about to hit the new fixtures. Yeah, I mean, not to mention the possibility of even going for a Man United player further down the line in four or five game weeks. Lots of things to think about, and um, remember, we have to play the medium term to long term game here. So, have to think carefully about it. I um. I'm very tempted by Mane, but probably the sensible move is Son, because as you say, that 1.7 is very useful uh, to accommodate the variable change in FPL. But um, we'll leave it there. We've been talking for an hour and 50, so I mean, that was quite a, <laughs> it's quite a long stream. But um, yeah, we'll leave it there. Um, best of luck in everything baby-related, and we will miss okay. you for the next three or four weeks, um, international break considered. I'll come back and we'll see how this uh, Spurs double up. We'll along. be praising your genius or heckling yeah. your, your idiocy. <laughs> well, I can already imagine it's either going to be it was terrible or you got lucky, uh, judging on the comments. Uh, so, Well, we love it. I uh, love the, the creative approach. But um, yeah, fingers crossed that your uh, late nights with the baby will make you even more of a better FPL manager. Um, not, I mean, we talked about Seb on the Scoutcast because he's had a baby as well. And he's saying, yeah. I make all of my FPL decisions at 3 a.m. in the morning. Um, feeding or whatever. So apparently, and he's been doing incredibly well. So maybe that's um, that's a secret. <laughs> right. 
we'll leave it there thanks everyone for joining me in the chat um and good luck for the rest of game week 10 if you have any players playing tonight uh come on Jimenez hat trick will do and um yeah if we don't speak best of luck for game week 11 as well yeah, uh cheers,